Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be discussing an advanced socio-technological paradigm of data mesh, which has been gaining a lot of popularity in recent years. As my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak, is also the co-author of the first practical handbook for data mesh implementation, published by Manning. Today I'll be interviewing him. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solution Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk, and today we'll be talking about data mesh, uh, which uh, my co-host is very knowledgeable on. Uh, Marian, you've co-authored uh, the book uh, Data Mesh in Action, uh, soon to be published by Manning. So uh, maybe you can tell us what, what it actually is. Let's start with that. Data Mesh is a socio-technological paradigm. Uh, it's a mouthful, I, I know, uh, but I want to make sure from the very beginning that it's not considered your typical data architecture. It's not something that it's supposed to replace data lakes, data warehouses or uh, lake houses or whatever um, fancy method of actual data storage is implemented in any company. It's a way uh, which was initially proposed by uh, Jean-Marc Degani from uh, then ThoughtWorks, uh, which is supposed to merge data management, data governance, but also data use, data, let's say, maintenance, data care, the way the data is prepared, uh, presented and uh, consumed. S and it's on both, it's, it's very, architect uh, it's very closely connected to the whole enterprise architecture we spoke about data uh, about enterprise architectures with tushar uh, and uh, the, this topic is very closely related to it so it's the way of thinking about how the data should be generated stored owned i think that's the keyword owned in the uh, in the enterprise did it answer your question? Well, it's it, it's still you know uh, I I think that the, the concept is still unclear because uh, you know there there are, there are different technologies there are different different methodologies different different paradigms. What's the kind of key difference in this one? You know, in 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 hundreds words or less. Uh, it's not a technology. That's first. So, so comparing it to technologies is a futile exercise. Uh, okay, I said what it's not. So what, what it is, it's a way of connecting data with 
people who produce this data, connecting this data with people who will be managing or, or processing this data, grouping these three together, meaning data producers, data managers, engineers, and the data itself into coherent units called data products. And uh, then it's the way of connecting these data products into a mesh, which is governed. Again, there is an element of uh, themes, uh, design or, or, or designing the structure of teams in such a way that this mesh is not uh, siloed on the one hand, and it's not completely balkanized on the other. Uh, so there is a controlled connection between these, these islands of data, so to speak. So in, in, my, in my simple mind, I mean, we've been talking uh, between, between ourselves uh, about data mesh a lot, and you've been trying to convert me. So uh, my, uh, my kind of simple understanding, uh, without, uh, without much training in it, is that if, if we have different, different pockets of data, different sources of data within the company, instead of delivering all the data to a central team, uh, we actually we keep the data with the, the original originators of the data where, where the data is actually produced. But instead of having this, as, as you like to say, by, instead of having balkanization, uh, so where every, everyone does whatever they well, them well please with the data, we set certain standards within the company. So there's a central governance, which sets the, the principles, but there's also a kind of localized governance that actually has a ownership of the data and they decide what data they want to uh, expose and within certain standards, how they want to expose what views on the data they want to expose. Uh, so, Within this, uh, can you explain that the, the concept of mesh? Because uh, we've got all these data, we, we've got an organization, we've got all these data products, uh, the, 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 the data owners, they expose the data products, right? But with, you know, at this, at this stage, I think the picture is of having different storefronts, which are conformed to a certain standard, but they are still separate storefronts. So where does the mesh come in? Let's start with, with one explanation, which might be critical for, for business people. When we are talking about storing the data with the people who generate it, we are not talking about technical, like you need to have your own server and you will not be able to use the beautiful data lake that somebody, you know, your, your infrastructure team built for you. Uh, we are not saying in data mesh that you should store it on your laptops. Uh, the infrastructure can have data lake, they can have data warehouse or whatever architecture you are using, it's about the ownership. So you as a business team, you own this data and you have support, depending on the size of your team and, and the scale of the data that you are processing, it might be completely dedicated team for your data needs, or it might be part of the team, but you know these people, they are part of, you become part of the joint team. So this is an important remark. Now about the storefronts. Uh, a friend of mine and co-author of, of, of uh, Data Machine Action, he likes to 
talk about uh, data marketplace. So you have a storefront, of course, but now what you need is um, a place where you can come and look at different storefronts. So meta metadata management becomes critical, the, having the data catalog or, or master data management or uh, whatever you know, solution you will you will come up with. But uh, and if you have just the storefronts, uh, you are getting close to data fabric, which is ar another architecture. Uh, the difference between data mesh and data fabric is that the data mesh has this governance, deep governance embedded into its structure. So you mentioned that there is a central governance team which works on the policy level and standards level. Uh, and you have this localized uh, data owners uh, who are working, who have flexibility to operate as their business unit or business domain, we will talk about it in a minute, uh, requires. Uh, but the connections are strictly governed by the centralized platform uh, which is uh, provided to ensure and enforce the governance rules upon uh, data mesh users. So if you want to open your storefront, you have um, someone coming over and checking if your storefront adheres to, to the standard, if the data if the metadata is uh, sufficiently filled, that there are no fields like, oh, I will fill it one day when I will have you know, a mood for it. Uh, if the quality of the data that you provide is uh, sufficient and uh, ensures that if you have a product in uh, on your um, storefront, you actually have it. And there is a proper versioning of the um, contracts for your um, product uh, delivery. Uh, there are Again, new technological solutions like the data contracts, which are supposed to, to automatically connect data producers with data consumers or whatnots. Mm, but uh, again, it's data mesh assumes that the data stores or data, the data products, in fact, will be connected to a mesh which will ensure the proper governance. So it's not a goodwill. It's a set of strict and business decided rules, which everyone needs to adhere to, to ensure security, uh, findability, accessibility, reusability of data, interoperability as well. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like visual kind of language, visual description. So we, we at, at this point, podcast, I think we arrived. Pod, podcast, podcast may not be the best medium for you. <laughs> well, I said visual language, right? Not the visual arts, but visual language. So I think we arrived at a, at a shopping mall mm -hmm. where the management of the shopping mall decides certain standards for the, the shops that want to open their, their kind of the units there. They mm -hmm. set the, the, the standards for, for how the products will be uh, displayed, what information needs to be provided. Uh, but each store owner can decide, you know, what kind of product they want to present uh, with, within certain standards, how they want to present it, to whom they want to present it, uh, whether they want to allow certain 
customers in or out they they decide the rules right the uh, it, it depends it's uh, the we spoke about it in our uh, episode on federated governance the governance is federated meaning there are some decisions which are mm, uh, which are being made on the central level and there are some decisions which can be uh, delegated to the local mm, data product owners now the exact cutoff point of which decisions belong to which level depends on the business. So the level of, let's say, strictness, it's business dependent. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter to data mesh as such. It's like you would want to say that, uh, I don't know, you have a data lake and there you can only store, I don't know, movies or... or, 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 or. So, so we have a certain flexibility, for, for example, with respect to access rights, you can decide in your own organization whether you decided on a central level or a local level or a mixture of the two, some kind of hybrid uh, solution. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's, uh, we, we, the, the way we wrote our book and the way we implemented Data Mesh uh, in our lives was always, I would say, inclusive. So I don't believe there is one uh, and only through data mesh type. Uh, there are four principles of data mesh, which should be, there is actually a discussion, like does uh, as an architecture need to present all four of them to be called data mesh, or can you collect the uh, name data mesh something which has only some of them? Uh, I think uh, I think that's a, a, a theoretical and a, yes, a bit puritanical uh, discussion, but, but what, you, what me I, you mentioned what, those, I, those I, four I think, principles. I, I, I want to make sure that it's being said loud and clear. There is a discussion and people, business people who will be trying to learn about data mesh, they can find, you know, different, uh, different descriptors or, or, or different definitions of data mesh. And... Uh, Data mesh can is is supposed to help a business. It's supposed to help businesses to connect business with with, with data or, or bring data back to business, and in in decentralized fashion. So uh, whenever you will find someone who says that they have silver bullet solution and the structure which works, you know, for everyone, uh, just steer, steer, steer clear. And that, that's what I want to say. I don't want to go now into the details of each camp. There are camps, and if you will find the fanatical member of any of these camps, you are in risk that his camp vision may not exactly fit your business. Maybe you should open, you know. Which is, I think we, we shouldn't really, you know, argue about whether something is or isn't, because we, we had always, we always have the same discussions about uh, Agile and Scrum and all, all these kind of paradigms for, for software development and, and project management, whether is something really Scrum or is it, is it maybe kind of tainted Scrum or other. So let's not, let's not uh, kind of argue about specific delineation, but the four principles, I think it would be a good time to, if you could bring, bring those into the light and, and tell us what they are. Sure. Uh, so the, the first principle, which is really, really, uh, I think, critical for successful implementation of uh, data mesh is domain ownership. Uh, it means, I think we spoke about business domains uh, previously, uh, 
again, the do specific domain definition is not critical. Like there is no a single domain definition style which makes the domain suitable for data mesh. However you delineate your domains in your business, however you will split it into, into operation areas, it, it depends on your business. But now that you have, uh, think of them as a unit which is producing data and make sure that the business people there have uh, support from dedicated data people. So together they can work on this data and make sure that uh, this data is properly governed, managed, uh, presented. You have so a question? Let, let, let me kind of uh, nitpick here a bit. You said dedicated data people. Do, do those data people have to be dedicated really to that uh, domain or can they be provided as a shared resource from the central governance? They can be, again, I, I think I said it in the beginning, uh, maybe I misused the, the word dedicated. Uh, the dedication should be that they know your domain. They can be shared, but it shouldn't be like there is some pool of data people that you you know, randomly select from every time that you have some data need. Uh, of course, I'm not saying it's the only way, but uh, reasonably, it's about making sure that data people understand the business domain and they work with business people. So it makes sense. Of course, maybe in your business case, you will have just the data team where you will have a random uh, people just serving some data purposes. But in essence, in the most cases, uh, these people should be dedicated to your team, not meaning that they can't work with anybody else, but meaning that if you have a data need, you have a name, email, I don't know, phone, uh, or so whatever. So it's, it's, it's about the expertise, that they, they yes. don't need to be explained every time what your particular business domain does. They actually have sufficient knowledge of the it's business domain. It's a cooperation. Domain. It's a co about the cooperation. So they yeah. work with you and you... you you learn from them about the data uh, and, and, and the technicalities of, of data management, uh, harmonization or, I don't know, transformation or whatever. And they learn from you what is your, your business and together you create this data product, which is the second, um, which is the second principle, which is treat uh, your domain data as a product. Uh, Whenever you know, I I like it that you that you came up with uh, with the uh, super supermarket with the mall um, example. Uh, you're go going there and you see products on the. It's it's not just uh, we sell shoes, and there is a blank uh, you know glass and and you you can go in and see maybe some shoes, but there are products presented. The the, the product is something which is well-defined, well-described, presented in a specific way. Uh, there, is the, mm, there is the whole, I would say, area of, of business, of, of, of product design. And this, mm, uh, these principles of, of product design, they, they apply to, uh, to your data. So your data needs to be prepared to be consumed like a product, but you need to be standalone. If, if I understand it correctly, it's not just about 
preparing a huge database with every single piece of data that you can think of, putting it in the shop front in a big you know, plastic bag and saying, you know, come and get it. It's about actually packaging it in sensible uh, kind of human, compilations. Human-readable human form. <laughs> well, maybe not human-readable, but uh, in, in sensible packages that will actually have a meaning. So it... In in here, it's it's kind of when when we go into into product design, uh, does it does it kind of put the onus on the data owners to think about their clients, i.e., what data can be useful outside, or should they be thinking about what data they can present? In my humble opinion, they should focus on the data that they present. Uh, I don't think most of the business people or even data people working within a specific domain uh, are capable of coming up with every single potential application of the data that they produce, mm, especially in the larger enterprises. Like if it's a small business where, you know, you talk to everybody and you know what they do, maybe. So I think we will have to at one point talk about the limitations of, of data mesh. So when does it really make sense to, to use data mesh? Uh, but no, if you are at your, your, your domain, um, data domain owner, or, or, or if you're working with it, you need to think about what data, according to the policies that you have, you are allowed to present and then to make sure to, that this data is presented in, in a format allowing someone else to consume it. Uh, of course, within their access and uh, So I think, I think we'll get to, to some of it in the, uh, you know, when, we, when we get to the fourth principle. So uh, let's, let's, let's go to the third principle of, of federated governance. And here the word computational kind of creeps in. So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, uh, federated. We spoke about the federated governance model some time ago. Just as a recap, it's a situation where you have a central governance body and uh, you have uh, local, uh, as in domain owned, domain, do, do, domain, domain uh, areas of operations with domain data owners who have some operational freedom. As we mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, the exact split of responsibilities between the central and local teams will very much depend on your, uh, on your business uh, and the data that you have. Now, there is this creeping uh, computational part. Uh, in the beginning, I mentioned that data mesh differs from, from data fabric by having a strongly governed uh, platform, which we will have to touch upon because it's uh, an element of the principle number four. Uh, but computational, it means that the rules that you create shouldn't be mm, human readable, so to speak. Uh, they need to be uh, neat. Okay, again, a too strong word, but preferably they should be, if possible, uh, automatically enforced. And uh, so you need to be able to translate these um, policies or, or rules into, into algorithms of 
accessing, not accessing, sharing, not sharing, or, you know, checking quality or whatever. It's uh, it's about not creating worthy policy books, which are sitting and collecting dust. And maybe someone will remember about them when something goes wrong and when there will be time for pointing fingers and there will be, there will be question uh, who to point finger at. Uh, it's, uh, to avoid the blame game, uh, you should be able to enco encode and make the rules automatically enforced, which leads us to this self-serve um, data platform, which is uh, principle number four. Um, actually, maybe I should let you ask questions about principle number three first, if you prefer. No, no, let's, let's, let's go to okay, principle number flow. four. I, I, I have some good whoppers of, of questions uh, waiting uh, just to stump oh, you. Right. But I, I want to hear about principle number four first. Uh, so the idea is to have a, a central, central platform uh, which uh, serves as a connector between data products. And it's a space where you should be able to learn about data products, see the, the, the shop fronts, preferably use it also to access all of them uh, according to the rules decided by policies and embedded deeply into, into this platform structure. Again, the platforms can be, can be minimal. And uh, in our book, we describe a simple platform as Git registering, uh, registering uh, text files with the description of data products, where to find them, what's inside. And it can be a behemoth of uh, authorization, uh, connectivity, bandwidth control, quality, monitoring uh, beast, um, which can also make you a coffee probably. Uh, so with, within this, you, you mentioned that it can be as simple as, as having a, a Git repository, but where, how does then the computational part uh, uh, kind of get reflected in it? Because I always have a problem with this computational part because this assumes that you have uh, policies which can be encoded and you have infrastructure and, and, and kind of a technical platform which actually is able to encode these policies and if i if i go back with my memory to 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 you know the the, the first simple sql databases that, that that we had ages ago you know 20 25 years ago compared to some of the technologies that are available today uh, obviously a lot has moved forward but not everyone can afford to or, or spend time to, 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 to encode those, those policies. So is it again, can, can, can we say that it, it is again a bit hybrid where you, some, some policies should be encoded, but whatever is not encoded, but you still feel it's necessary, you still can have some human readable policies. Again, my definition of data mesh is as inclusive as possible. Uh, so yes, of course, you may have some policies like don't take sweets from the strangers uh, or data or whatever. Uh, the idea is, which you touched upon now, is maybe data mesh is not for you. If it's a big cost for you, yes, it's a costly solution. It's not solution which will fit 
uh, every company and everybody should. I'm, I'm not the type of evangelist who sh- who now tries to convert everyone into into data mesh uh, believer or follower. Uh, let's 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 stop here. So, okay, so so we'll 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 talk we'll talk in a second about who data mesh is for, but I still want to kind of drill a bit into what it is before we we decide who who it is for. So you mentioned again that uh, that it's uh, you at least you mentioned to me. I don't know. I don't remember if it was mentioned you know, in this episode, but you always mentioned to me that it's technology agnostic, right? It is that it 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 doesn't it doesn't actually de- depend on a sing- on a specific technological solution, but then uh, the uh, a lot, a lot of this, uh, so the computational governance, the self-self platform, they they actually imply that there are certain requirements that are put on the technology mm-hmm. underlying mm-hmm. data mesh. Mm-hmm. So if if you could spell out those, those those requirements, so one is definitely that you should be able to put certain rules on your data product, right? So it cannot be just a a, a public share on a on a on a network with your data files. Because then you don't have any any rules for the for the data itself. You may have some access rule for 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 the share, but not really for the data. So that's that's not sufficient, right? No, no. It, again, it depends on 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 um, how strict you want to be around the uh, around uh, the definition. Uh, if restricting access is sufficient for your business case, and if you follow domain ownership. If you're treating data as a product is a detailed description and findable identification of what's in the in the shared folder, if there are set certain rules governing mentioned access rights, or if they are not coded, but let's say they are described what you can do with this data after that. And if you have this with this tool, I don't know, can be as you know, SharePoint, which serves you as this, this data platform, you can talk about sort of data mesh uh, because why not uh, you, well you, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you here I'll tell you why not because uh, you explained to me that one of the uh, kind of maybe not one of the four principles but an important concept in data mesh is the versioning of the data product uh, I remember we had a whole discussion about the fact that if you put a data product out, Mm-hmm. and people start using it then you if you want to make a change to your data product and for example you had a, a field uh, that was a number now you want to be a bit more gen- generic so you change it to text you cannot do this just by modifying it you have to release a new version right yes so how how would you version you should i think i think i think it's it's the difference between between uh could and should because uh what i'm trying not to become is to fanatic about certain solutions because if there is no business need for versioning maybe it's an overkill so it all all depends like if somebody needs version data uh which is very often version data products not version data itself right oh <laughs> there are cases where, where you need version two, two data. different things yeah but sometimes you also need version data uh but if you if you if you if you need versioned data 
I went deeper, so you also have version data product, and then you need to develop tooling, and SharePoint probably is not the best one for you. But if you don't need it as a business, you can use SharePoint, and as long as ownership is 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 localized, as long as this data is is treated as a product in a remit required by uh, by your by by your business, and if you have this federated governance model where these domain owners have their ability to 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 to, to act with business people and there is a central governance ensuring that there are some certain policies ensuring, uh, I don't know, compliance uh, or whatever it is that in your business needs to be decided on the central level, uh, then why not? It's, uh, again, I, I don't want people to, 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 to believe that uh, yeah, the data mesh, mesh is uh, something which is really well defined and everything else is wrong it won't work for as, as a data mesh it's very business what i like about this approach and this architecture it's very focused on business needs it's very focused on business domains it's very focused on providing ex, ex, extracting value from data so you create data you have your data let others extract value from it uh, mm-hmm. Will you have versioned data products? If you have such an ability and business need, go for it. If you don't, well, hey ho. Okay, so it's uh, it's it's basically a spectrum, and uh, again, uh, we we like to be practical. And one of the I think one 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 of the principles of being practical is that you uh, you adapt to the needs so so i like this i like this about your your kind of approach very much uh, i think we agree on that but so so then let's let's talk about who who data mesh is for and who it's not for because i i know you're rearing to go that way oh yes i am because i again don't want uh, i've seen it with, with happen with to, to, to data science where all of a sudden everybody needed a data scientist and uh rarely ended up bringing as much value as everybody hoped. So I also don't want data mesh to be misunderstood. And if everyone will try to implement data mesh, uh, it will kill a pretty good good idea because amount of frustration uh, will be, and disappointment will be, will be overwhelming. So in our book, we, we mentioned three, like elements which are let's say neither of them is, is sufficient um, nor necessary but if if you have all these three properties of your business then you should at least uh, consider data mesh as a solution for you uh, first of them is diverse data because if all of your data is almost identical, then you can have a central team which can handle it very well. Because if if you work with only, I don't know, certain types of data and certain attributes of data, then you may have a central team which will be able to understand it and manage it very well. So if, you know, all business domains use the same data, limited, you know, types, as I said, variable sources or 
so it kind of boils down to to if if you have a single domain, then then you don't really have a mesh, right? Because if, yes, if all the business domains uh, use, use the, the same, same data, data maybe they they really one business domain, right? Well, even even if not, it's like if they if they if, if they have completely different business functions, somebody sells, somebody's you know marketing, but they operate in some some area where where you know you have customer data and you just use it differently than yeah, data messages. Data pipeline, right? Instead of yeah, exactly. Uh, so so if if you don't have diverse data um, which you use in your in your company, then maybe not. But if you have really diverse uh data sources data types uh, uh then it may be worth thinking that maybe just maybe connecting your people with uh, data people with business people will allow uh this data to be much better described managed and understood all over uh I've seen that you try to ask the question. I will try to answer it before you ask it. I wonder if I if I if I guessed it. Uh, there is second um, phase of the same coin is data needs. If you have complex data needs, because if you have a different and and complicated structure of data sources, uh, but you have very limited use of data, then again maybe it's not for you maybe even this complicated data sources can be managed by some central team and they end up being pushed into i don't know a single dashboard or in the end you get 42 and everybody's happy uh, but if you have complex data data needs and you have multiple different teams which do different stuff with different uh, uh uh, I wanted to say with different data, maybe they do even different stuff with, with the same data, then maybe you should think about uh, data mesh or maybe data lake will be better for you or, or data lake house but, but, uh, or, or even data warehouse. Uh, but still, it's, it's worth considering like, okay, so we have this complex data use, data utilization, but... Uh, it again depends if it's a single data source that you then you know slice and dice then maybe this single central team will be able to, to to control it but if you connect diverse data sources with complex data um, data needs uh, there's a question about the the, the volume of, of requests and, and operations and maybe your central data team may become a bottleneck and maybe you should think of, of distributing the ownership mm -hmm. Uh, and the third um, part is uh, level of uh, socio-technical complexity. Uh, socio-technical complexity means how many different teams are working on data. So how distributed is the work? If you are a CEO of really big corp having hundreds of, of different you know IT teams supporting hundreds of different business teams uh, then again it might be a suggestion that data lake might be a good fit because then these teams can work closer with your business and the data that is generated it will not lose its meaning through being transferred from one team to another to another and in the end the central team which collects it and puts it into the lake doesn't even really know what's inside they they 
can't possibly know all the possible uh, naming conventions uh, used across it. Somebody will write, okay, name, somebody will write a surname, somebody will write uh, the same thing in 16 different languages. And your ability of your central team to really harmonize this data and, and extract some value is, is somewhat limited. So data mesh, let's say, should be a no-brainer, maybe. When you have diverse data, <laughs> uh, you have complex data needs and you have high socio-technical complexity. Again, it depends on your business. It's maybe your existing data warehouse from 1982 still serves its purpose. If it does, leave it alone. Uh, you did you did mention a, a, a certain kind of concept which I want to challenge you on a bit uh, data harmonization mm -hmm. if you have uh, if, if you have your 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 data mesh uh, at which point do you decide something as simple as a convention that if you have personal data then you should you should decide probably across your across your data mesh whether you store name and surname separately or you store them as uh name surname in a single field you know it's a it's a kind of simple example but i think i, I want to illustrate a point here uh, is that the kind of principle that needs to be decided centrally and uh, at which point because that you know there may be certain rules that evolve in your data at which point does the central team step in and say we're taking over this part of governance and when we're now bringing whenever bringing they decide to so there's still they are, they are they they are the central governance they need to understand what they govern and uh, according to, to to compliance all standardization all normalization uh, they need to be aware they need to work closely with data product owners they are not uh, when i talk about the central governance team they are not ivory tower uh, we spoke about uh, this centers, networks of excellence, about this, uh, someone it's called guilds, sometimes it's called chapters or, you know, some communities uh, which realize that there are some questions like yours, if they, if they pop up, they, if they should go to the central team and say, okay, is, there, is, is it something that you would be interested in stepping in or shall we decide, like, we think this is the best solution. Uh, if it if it concerns more than, than one data product, it stops being a local uh, governance issue. And then so, if so it's we not, have no, the... longer if it's no longer the local governance issue, it doesn't con include your little shop. But you are thinking if I don't know uh, the toys that you have on your web front are not offensive to someone, to the, to the clients of uh, meat in your storefront is not offensive to the vegan shop and its clients. On the other hand, if it's no longer your shop, but it's something between two shops, you go to the central team. So, uh, you know, again, uh, I want to challenge you on something. I, I, I know the answer, but I think at this point, certain members of the audience might be thinking, okay, so the central team, why don't we just take the representatives of all business domains, put them together in a room and they form a committee and that will be our central governance. Why is that a bad idea? 
we spoke about it in our federated governance. It's not only bad idea in federated uh, computational federated data governance. It's a bad idea in general in any type of federated governance, be it resilience, be it uh, whatever. Uh, the problem is that it's no longer a federation. It's a confederation. And uh, it's not an argument because, you know, why confederation is not better than federation. Well, it's about independence. Mm, the team uh, which is supposed to control the policy level, the company level issues needs to be independent from BAU on the local level. Otherwise, you risk that the strongest personalities, that uh, people with the most push, uh, they will enforce solutions which might be best for their data products, even if they are very important data products, even if they are, uh, let's say, really relevant. But these solutions may not be optimal from the company perspective. Having the company perspective uh, requires independence uh, from local politics, so to speak. Does it answer? Yeah, so you know, I, I, you know that I agree with this. I just wanted to bring this bring this out because we've uh, we've described in 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 our article about about federated federated business governance how uh, kind of uh, going above the the local interest is what what's what's really required, and that that ensures that you have that 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 level of uh, kind of oversight. You know, ten thousand uh, feet view of what's going on and you can you can really harmonize the interests rather than taking part in this 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 local scuffle uh, so this is this is this is uh, where you should uh, where you should be applying data mesh we you, you mentioned the three kind of indicators let's call them that data mesh mm -hmm. is applicable are there really any cases where it shouldn't be touched with a barge ball like a no no cases your business operates smoothly and everything works as it should. Okay, in that unlikely example, don't if if it works, don't break it, right? Yes, yes. You 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 you're supposed to if 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 your data team handles things all right, you have happy business uh, people uh, working with your central data team. Everybody says uh, they get what they need, and you know. The central team has ability to 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 react to whatever data needs your business has. Uh, you can ask them if they feel like they would like to try something else, but it means these guys know what they are doing. And so, if they keep so don't come in one day and says we've we've got this this new this newfangled paradigm everyone's doing data mesh you know let's do data mesh because it we can put it on on our brochure that we're doing data mesh now right oh, no, we're, we, 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 we we're a meatpacking company but we will we'll, we'll do data mesh now and, oh, the, the data meatpacking company may 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 actually profit from from uh from data mesh but if don't try to make fa false this happiness down your people's throat uh business need is is first again i want to i want to make a slight distinction between business need and proof of concept it's uh, very often uh, a bit mixed mixed up uh, we describe in our book the example of 
micro data mesh, which can be built within a month, uh, just for just for starters. Mm, but data mesh is, as I said, it's a socio-technological paradigm. It's a it's a pretty big change, and it's. Yeah, it's an enterprise architecture level change. So expecting, because what happens when you implement data mesh? Suddenly the data becomes available and people can can use it and people in business work closely with data people. Uh, in my data science career, which started before data science became a, you know, a, a buzzword, uh, having data guy coming into into a business team and telling them okay what are you doing what are your decisions uh let's see if you know there is any data available that could help you it's a game changer on its own so for me this domain ownership and and connecting data people with business people not in a uh i don't know subservient uh, role like okay we prepared you this dashboard or you know yeah give me this analysis and this chart because i need it for my yearly report but really talking to each other like okay what what is it that you do oh that's interesting did you think about uh, you know supplementing it with with this data i, I know that you know this team produces it and say oh yeah actually i would love it i didn't know that we have it uh, this is the spirit of data mesh and 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 uh, this is what you what you aim for, really. So did it you make know, sense? We had, yeah, we had the the the, the kind of uh, the the self serving platform. We had the um, uh, the principle of uh, federated computational governance. We had the the principle of creating uh, domain uh, data as a product. And uh, you know, going kind of stepping back, mm -hmm. if you're if you're creating the 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 data domain as a product, you have to have domain ownership, right? So mm -hmm. uh, you you have to you have to first uh, set up your business in such a way that all those things, and I I purposefully mentioned them kind of from from the back. Uh, that you you have to set set your business such that those domain those things are actually possible within your enterprise architecture, or alternatively, like you like you said a minute ago, so they become your, architecture. They become your 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 enterprise architecture. So uh, the, the 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 question the question now is uh, kind of do you need uh, specialists? Who, who oh, put it this way, who needs to be specialist in uh, in data mesh? Does it need to be the business people or does it need to be the data people in which or 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 because take taking a taking example from agile, right? It's it's obviously always the the the, the IT people who are the scrum masters, the, the the agile coaches, the specialists, they they come from IT. But increasingly it's being recognized that the, the real benefit is in educating business people in what agile is so they can use it properly so is it the same case with data mesh you just asked me who should lead an effort which is at this very at its very base a co cooperation effort uh, yes, because in reality, someone's going to lead it. 
if the business person loves the idea, is able to 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 convince the others that it that it works well for everybody, then it will be this business person. If it's uh, as, that's why it's one of the reasons why I wanted to 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 emphasize that it's technology agnostic. It doesn't have to be technology specialist. Uh, if the business needs that they want more from data, but the central data team is so overflown and overloaded with data management that they are not really capable of providing them with, with, with required uh, data understanding, data speak uh, support, uh, then this business people should drive, okay, let's find you know architecture which allows us closer cooperation. If it's this the same central team, which is just over flooded with all this uh, data management requests and 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 and, and uh, spaghetti pipelines maintenance, uh, they should go and say, okay, let's let's let, let's cut the, this Gordian knot and uh, let's let's build something which will allow us helping you because currently we are not helping you. We are just you know trying to sustain the environment which is which is choking us all. So I, I don't think there is yeah, I, I should I should probably come come clean at this point that that what 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 I was driving at is that we actually do provide a specific training for business people on data mesh so that they can fully understand it and be properly bought into this solution rather than IT people, you know, pushing it on the business because it's never, it's never, it's never a good idea where the tail wags the dog and it's never a good idea where enterprise architecture is kind of, uh, driven by technological solutions rather than, you know, the other way around. In, in this sense, in this sense, I think I was, I spent last 50 minutes trying to explain it, data mesh scope like if, how, when, it all depends on the business need. The data people, IT, IT people are not the best people to really describe this data need. They can, as I said, if the central team is over flooded, they, they can go to the business and say, let's change something because we don't feel that we support you as much as, uh, as you deserve it. Uh, but yes, it's uh, deciding on it. It requires the business need assessment. Uh, the the scope the the type the the, the you know the governance type the domain decomposition um, uh, it's it's all in in hands of uh, of business on the other hand there is this self self data platform which requires certain capacity from 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 and and maturity maybe from from your from your IT team as well because we we didn't uh, speak about it but it's also a, a case uh people need teams involved need certain need it's better if they have certain data and operational mm -hmm. maturity they are more <clears throat> agile uh, <laughs> so so but yeah it's uh, it's very it's so it's not technological solution it's not it's not like you can go to your it team and say make me a data mesh no let's make a data mesh this is something that that business person can and maybe if they have diverse data, complex data needs, and high socio-technical uh, complexity, maybe could, should say. 
kind of wrap, wrapping up, I, I, I think I think we should do one thing because you mentioned that uh, there are different camps in in data mesh and mm -hmm. obviously data mesh is it's a very fresh idea it's still evolving there's 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 quite a lot of people working on shaping the the, the idea mm -hmm. uh, so i think we should kind of put out an open invitation uh, if uh, anyone wants to kind of present their own uh, opinion or view on 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 data mesh with with kind of specific examples or, or practical solutions then uh, we should we 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 kind of we're we're very interested in hearing about this. Uh, we did put out uh, invitations to to certain specific people about uh, you know data mesh and you know data mesh experts. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't uh, we haven't heard back, but uh, we're we're still hopeful. Uh, so, any any kind of final final words? work with your data people and if your data people yes. work with the business people that's that's something that i always say make just, make, just make technology other. work for 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 business and a special guest as we mentioned uh we mentioned the tail wagging the dog a special guest on this episode my dog archie uh archie come on come on ah oh, special guest on the on the episode <laughs> and as always uh let's hope it was of use to someone Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out Marion's book, Data Mesh in Action, on Manning's website. A link to the publication will be available in the notes to this episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we will be talking about scaling technologies and achieving breakthroughs. To discuss with us a practical case study of technological scaling, we've invited Ross Youngs, CEO and founder of Biosortia Pharmaceuticals. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Siwiak and my co-host, Artur Guja. Thank you.